come on and sit down and watch this with me. You know you want to watch it. And I want you to watch it too. Come on. So, <laughs> apparently we're getting another American remake of a, or Hollywood remake, I should say, of an Asian film. This time it's Korean, and this time it's Train to Busan. No! What? Why? <laughs> don't do that! You don't need to do that! Yeah, it's it's James Wan, um, and I still don't want it. <laughs> I still yeah, I mean, I, I guess what is James he, Wan's good, but... What has he done? Um, he's done like Furious Seven. He's yeah, doing like the, the best of the Fast Furious movies. Yeah, James Wan. I thought that was James Lin. No, James Wan. Uh, Justin Jim, Lin. Justin Lin. Justin, Justin Lin. Lin. Yeah, is but, that who's doing it? Uh, no, no. Jim, okay. James Wan, who is okay. also doing the new Aquaman movie. Oh. Um, yeah, he's like of Malaysian descent. I believe, like on his Wikipedia, it says like he moved to Australia. It says he's Australian, but then it also says that he didn't move to Australia until he was an adult, but that's a whole other thing. But um, yeah, so it, it's just not necessary, and the movie is perfect, and just read fucking subtitles, like, people. Just, like, just watch the <laughs> of the song. Yeah. Like, the movie exists. You, you can watch it. Yeah. We did a podcast on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like it's just like this aversion like to reading that like uh, Americans seem to have with everything in general. But yeah, um, yeah it's like you can release a movie in theaters and have it have subtitles. But, but and... also, you can just do a dubbed version. Yeah, yeah, I mean that. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> like the dubbed version of something is always bad, but it's preferable to just remaking Train to Busan because just don't do that. Because it's perfect, yeah. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my little piece of news that I saw this week that I was like, oh. (laughs) That I actually kind of cared about and also was disappointed in because there's like all the Joker stuff, which I don't really care about. There's like the Joker and Harley Quinn stuff that I'm just like, yeah, that looks like a train wreck and a dumpster fire. Uh, I don't care. I'm so all of the DCEU. I'm just like, do not give a shit. The yeah, Dark Phoenix care. trailer dropped, and then literally less than 48 hours later, they're like, oh yeah, we're actually pushing the film back again yeah, by like four months. That's a no. <laughs> can, can we just not? I'm pretty sure it's not happening. I, just... I would very much prefer that they push the release date of Dark Phoenix back to never. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what's happening, because the, the date that they're pushing it back to apparently is like right on the border of like when all the properties move over to Disney so I think they're just like trying to keep pushing it back like and but they cut a trailer for it it. yeah I know but mm, mm, uh. (laughs) I just don't see it happening I can see it eking out in like the off season and it just like being like here like a fantastic four fart I thought, yeah, maybe like, they'll try and get those like actors like one last check, even though I don't feel like really any of them you deserve it. Sophie Turner, one. one more chance. Yeah, she must have an epic agent. Like, so, yeah, I'm like Sophie she Turner. Really must. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Jennifer Lawrence isn't excited herself for the movie, so I'm just like. J Law feels like she's bored with J Law. She is like, it's, <laughs> like she's literally like you know 
on the record has said, you know, she doesn't like sitting down and doing the makeup for Mystique, which is why it's been horrible for the last few movies, because she doesn't want to, like, sit in the chair and do the makeup. Like, when Rebecca... Well, it looks I, better I when totally Rebecca like Romaine... forgive her, because who wants to sit in that chair for, like, six hours? Rebecca Romaine did it, and she... And, like, that's why, like, that movie came out almost 20 years ago, and the looks effects better. looks better for Mystique <laughs> then than it does now. Like, right. Because she was like, okay, this is my job. I'm going to do it. I'm getting paid millions of dollars, so... I'm going to sit in this chair for six hours and get this makeup done. And right. it looks amazing. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I'm kind of sad that Dark Phoenix is going to get ruined again, but. It's, yeah. it's cursed. It's cursed. It's, it's cursed. It's such a great comic It's the best. It's, it's the greatest. It's probably the best comic book in all of X-Men. And then they're like, okay, it makes sense and they want to make it a movie. It's just, why do they always do it badly? Yeah. I mean, it could be like the next like Guardians type movie where it's like, it should be happening in space. It's, there should yeah. be like the Shi'ar Empire like should be involved in this. Like we should be getting this like intergalactic like bombastic like superhero story like we got with Guardians but it's not going to happen because everyone that's involved in this is like mm, not doing a good job. <laughs> Alright, I'm going to steer this yeah. ship back to <laughs> yeah, what we're doing. No, this has now become a Batching on Dark Phoenix podcast. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's like, I feel like <laughs> there's like a, uh, there's a, there's a comic book podcast using out of this podcast sometimes. I don't expect anything less. Um, all right, are we ready to begin? Yes. yes. All right. Uh, hey, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of I Want You to Watch This Special Edition. Spooky Edition. Uh, I am, <laughs> I am your, um. I'm your uh, very excited Rockies fan host, um, Dennis, and um, I'm joined by my two um, just like, I don't know, spy and creepy co-hosts that live in the same cul-de-sac as me, Colin and Craig. How are you gentlemen? I'm creeping. Yeah, you are. (laughs) I'm going to look at this girl because I'm a horny teenager. Oh, yeah. And that's all the character that I have. Yeah, Colin just keeps steering the conversation to, like, sex no matter what. Yeah, it's like, hey, let's get some ice cream. And Colin's like, yeah, for my dick. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, so uh, that's what we've been putting up with. Um, (laughs) uh, This is a double special episode because this is a rare episode of I Don't Want You to Watch This. Yeah, this movie's bad. We did did Summer of 84. Um, If you recall, um, I forget which episode number it is, but about half a year ago, I'd say about six months ago, we did an awesome movie, Turbo Kid. And um, we stumbled upon this movie. I found it on a soundtrack from Spotify and was like, oh, this is an awesome soundtrack. Let's check out this movie. It's like sci-fi post-apocalyptic. And so we did, and we did an episode on it because the movie is great. So fast forward to now, uh, we discover, again, that there's another soundtrack done by the, those artists. What's the name of the artist? Lamatos. Lamatos. Um, it's this duo, electronic duo. Um, and we discovered they did another soundtrack, and lo and behold, it was done by the same movie creators. Uh, do you have the movie creators? It's like Francois Simard, and I don't have the other like writers' um, names, but he's like the couple of French Canadians. Yeah, a bunch of French Canadians. Yeah, great, great duo. As a result of Turbo Kids, we were like, hey, why not? Right? And we got into Summer of '84. Looked like a darker kind of like Stranger Things. And uh, yes, sorry. a woman named Anouk Wissel. Anouk Wissel. Whistle. Whistle? Whistle? Wissel. One of those two. She, it could be Canadian, so it could be like French sounding ish. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Anouk Wissel. Right. We're here to butcher names. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and so we checked out this movie, and wow, they they can make some bad movies. <laughs> yeah, it turns out they can also make a movie that's garbage. Bad. Like, yeah, bad. just just <laughs> ham-fisted garbage. I mean, lazy, like aggressively lazy. Aggressively lazy, and it, like with like a script that has no pop, which was the most frustrating thing to me. So, anyways, I'll get back to it. Yeah. Summer of '84. It's about this kid. Doesn't matter his name. It really doesn't. He's obsessed. <laughs> He's obsessed with. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to give him the pleasure. I'm just going to call him Kid. All right. Well, yeah, I'm not going to call any of these characters by their names because we're just going to call them by the archetypes that the movie gives them. Forces down their throat. Yeah. yeah. So here's leader Kid, boy. Fif- yeah. Yeah. leader, fifteen year old boy. He's obsessed with, like, conspiracy theories and stuff, and he's just, like, itching for something cool to happen in his lame-ass, like, um, you know... In Ipswich, Massachusetts. Yeah, this, like... But it's really just a, a one cul-de-sac. cul-de-sac. <laughs> yeah, this suburban cul-de-sac, and he's, like, obsessed with trying to discover stuff and cursing all the time. So he's, like, looking into stuff way too hard, and meanwhile there's, like, a story of a serial killer around, and he's, like, convincing himself that, like, his neighbor, his cop neighbor... Played by... Rich what, Summer. Yeah. Love that guy. Yeah. Um, uh, is the serial killer. And um, <sighs> through a boring series of events that seem to take forever, um, it slowly kind of like puts you on... Like, you know, watching as an audience member where you're kind of like, I don't know if this kid is onto something. He might be onto something. I don't know. And then eventually it turns out that he was onto something. Uh, him and his... He employs his group of friends. Uh, there's like the... There's- the the fat one. The fat one. The, the tough one. one. The yeah. tough one. The nerdy one. The nerdy one. And the leader. And then they're joined by the girl. Yeah. <laughs> Who's older than all of them. Um, <laughs> and they all, like, yeah. Sure. And all the right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And the tough one is, like, from a broken home. Because he dresses like punk rock and has a bad religion shirt. Is he the one who's like, uh, oh, I think they're all from pretty bad homes. Though. Yeah, because well, <laughs> the fat one is like, got a single mom who's a nurse, but she's also a drunk. Are crying all the time? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's like probably like one of the worst like acting like performances that I've ever seen of being drunk. <laughs> like, and this is like after having seen like That's, the second episode of uh, the Next Generation, she might, where everyone is like <laughs> drunk from the she might virus not or whatever. be drunk. It's just a thing that we concluded it's because just, she's upset and there's a bottle of gin next to her. Right, <laughs> like she's laying on the couch crying. There's a bottle of gin, and he takes care of her, and, like, this is supposed to be, ooh, character, and these, like, people have relationships and stuff, and, and it's just, it's so lazy and hamfisted, and everything is so dumb. Yeah, yep. Like, yeah, and so his group, this group, they, you know, find out that, hey, the cop is a serial killer, and, uh, well, you know, like, oh my god, and they report him to the cops, and... And, like, there's a manhunt and everything, and then there's, like, the extended ending. Goes on for so long. Right. And in conclusion, Rich Summer gets away and threatens the kid that he's going to stalk him for the rest of his life. And the fat kid gets a slip, his throat slit. That's pretty much it. And I'm sorry if it sounds like I'm skipping over a lot of stuff, but seriously. This is honestly the best we can do in right. describing this movie. Because... <laughs> That's really it. That's it. And so it takes an hour and 45 minutes. Yes! So what you guys are saying is that you're excited for the Summer of 99 sequel. Oh, man. <laughs> you think it would jump that far? I mean... And the pace of this movie, I think it would be every summer. There'd be another iteration another one where nothing happens. And we're... 
Yeah. I, mean, I feel like you got to get on that like sweet, sweet '90s nostalgia, like just like kicking. Oh, okay. That's like what this is banking on, just like that Stranger uh, Things like right. type of like yeah. aesthetic yeah. with like none of the actual work that like Stranger Things puts into it. None uh, of the character but, development that Stranger yeah, Things puts into it. Yeah, right. And None not of, even like, like the writing that Stranger Things puts into yeah, it. Oh, no. Not even bothering to have like a token black character. No. <laughs> it's so lazy it doesn't even do that, you know? It's, it's just. It's, and, like, they're just copying shots from Stranger Things. It's even shot in a lazy way. Like, Turbo Kid, at least, is kind of fun in the cinematography. Oh, it's very fun. Oh, it's great. Like, it's really fun. Like, this movie is just like, what if uh, Menachem Golan saw Stranger Things? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 the kids there are watching the show. We must make this show, but as a movie. Right. <laughs> it's like someone described Stranger Things to these people, and they're like, we could do that. Like, it's, it's so... Uh, Ah, and it's frustrating because, like, where Turbo Kid goes, like, above and beyond is that it's a stylized, weird, like, thing. And it puts and it, you... And it creates its own world. Right, yeah, exactly. And and this movie tries to do that and then stumbles over itself and just forgets what it was trying to do. There's one example where they're, like, he, like, first convinces his friends to do the stakeout and stuff. And it was, like, this whole montage where they're, like obviously hiding in plain sight and like reporting on him and everything and i'm like oh okay i get this movie now this is cool and it lasts for like two minutes and then it, that doesn't happen again and it turns into back into its lazy form yeah and like that was one frustrating moment for me yeah i mean look it's just i, I just wish like any of these characters had any like sort of dimension outside of just, anything that's like surface. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, like you said, it's like it's it's like they were just like, well, why bother having these characters be like two dimensional? We can just have them like cuss a lot and then have and them, be horny. Like yeah, give like sex <laughs> jokes the entire movie. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll give that character a bit of accuracy because I feel like all three of us have been to high school with that very person who's just like has to say something lewd all the time to the point where you're it's like shut up dude i'm sacrificing our friendship right now because i can't take it another fucking second shut the hell up you know yeah, but there's never any of that like pushback with this guy no there isn't they're, they're all just like yeah yeah like let's go like look at this girl and, he's like, the top one fucker. And, and he's the horny one but like just the horniness is just a, a, a thing that's thrown onto all of them yeah. So I think it's like, oh, but they're all just horny, and they all are like, ooh, we're gonna look at this nudie magazine, and like, ooh, I'm spying on the girl next door. Oh man, did you bang her yet? Like, it's it's just this surface level thing of like, yeah, they're teens. Oh, yeah. well, and it would have been something else if they actually if there was some sort of commentary on these cliches that they do, you know, like. Um, you know, kind of like with like Cabin in the Woods, where it's like we're gonna like shove all these cliches into a movie, but we're gonna do it in a way to where it's actually a commentary on yeah, these cliches. Yeah, where the whole thing, the, the point of the movie is the cliche. Yeah, this never gets to that point. This never really takes that next step. It's just like a bunch of cliches jammed into an hour and forty-five minutes, and it never goes any further than that, which is like so disappointing because. I actually liked like some of the style of this movie. Again, that's probably because they just took it from Stranger Things. Because they were just copying. Yeah. <laughs> but but. if they'd actually like done something a little bit like, different, like actually taken something and put some sort of spin to it instead of just being like cliches, here you go, and like some nice. I mean, I like the soundtrack. The soundtrack is what the movie. Is good. Yeah. Uh, and so like that, like you know, definitely like gives it this like ambiance, but it doesn't actually. 
but what's happening on the screen doesn't actually like work with what's happening on the soundtrack because yeah, it's, it's just so flat. Because all of this is like we're taking these these cliches, we're going to dump them, like we're just going to throw them at some Stranger Things cinematography and call it a story. Like it's uh, like the most frustrating one to me was like probably like an hour into the movie is when we see that the tough one has like a broken home that like his parents oh, are fighting yeah. and like, he doesn't want to go home and he has suddenly he has a brother yeah, yeah. Brother. No, yeah. that that was that felt like that was thrown in in post like that that movie test screened and people were like who are these kids? And they're like, oh crap, we gotta write background for these kids. And they must have also done the same thing with the fat kid and his mom. Yeah. Where it's yeah. like, oh, let's throw in a scene where his mom is like sad and there's a bottle of alcohol and we don't really know what's going on. And, but. and both of those things are so frustrating because like a central theme of this movie is like the importance of family and like how shocking it is that like the hot girl's parents got a divorce, you know? And, like, that's a whole thing. But, like, meanwhile, like, his best friend is, like, in, like, a domestic abuse situation and yeah. his mom's an alcoholic? Like, I don't know. Well, I mean, that's, like, you know, the whole thing is, like, you know, it's repeated, like, at the, it's at the beginning of the movie and it's repeated at the end, essentially, that, you know, the suburbs has this veneer of, like, perfection and, like, you know, right. ideal Yeah, you don't style. know what's going on behind closed doors. Yeah. So, like, you could be living next to a serial killer. It's, like, the, the whole theme of the movie... And so, yeah, it's, I feel like it's supposed to be like, oh, hey, like, even at, like, the most mundane level, like, all of these things are happening underneath the surface where, like, yeah, you don't know if, like, the next door neighbor or, like, your best friend is, like, you know, like, their parents are going through a divorce or, you know, one of them is an alcoholic or, you know. And so it's, like, all these things of, like, oh, what's happening beneath the surface? But, again, the movie just presents it in such a way to where it never really takes the time to earn any of those moments. And it never takes the time to explore those in any meaningful way other than just being like, yeah, this kid's, his mom's drunk. Oh yeah, this this kid, his parents are, you know, fighting and maybe abusive. And oh yeah, this girl, her parents are getting divorced. And that's what's happening. And you're like, okay. (laughs) And, And to that point, if the movie was about, like, you don't know what's happening behind closed doors, like if the suburbs, like, are hiding you know, like, actual stuff behind them. It would be fine if we introduced, like, these characters, like, oh, there are these archetypes, like, on the surface of these archetypes, but then we spend the movie discovering, like, what's behind those archetypes? Yes. That would be good. <laughs> no, it's just like, oh, there are these archetypes, and then, oh, serial killer! <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, well, we're gonna, we're gonna take a little break on our review um, of Summer of 84. Uh, uh, when we return, we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk about some things um, that we kind of liked about this movie, and more stuff that we really did like about this movie. <laughs> uh, we'll be right back. And we're back. Did you miss us? I miss me. I'm sure you did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if um, if you're just joining us, <laughs> fast forward to our first break. Um, we are we are talking about um, the the movie Summer of '84 that none of us recommend. Let's get into it. Um, I I I want to say something. Oh, this is what I wanted to talk about. Um, so uh, since we knew that like this movie was the same writer, director, creator of uh, Turbo Kid. Um, we, I mean, I went into this with some, you know, kind of things. I was like, hoped it was, you know. 
and uh, and it intros into this kid who's obsessed with conspiracy theories and like it's eighty four and like they're talking about the Red Scare and like the Cold War and nuclear winter and all this stuff and so I started getting excited that this was a prequel in that like that yeah so cool. he was investigating some stuff and then the nuclear bomb goes off. <laughs> You know, and then like it's turbo. This is the future. Yeah, yeah. Nineteen ninety-seven. Right, and like he even has the bike, the same bike as the kid from Turbo Kid, like with the red tires and everything. Oh, and, like, Dennis, no, I'm so mad that that wasn't the movie. I know. <laughs> Think how I felt when this movie kept going and that didn't happen. So, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Like, it's so it would cool. be really awesome, right? Because oh. then it would be the summer of '84. Where that crap went down, you know, and this kid is all looking into it, and like no one believes him because it's a ridiculous thing, and he's just obsessed uh, with these conspiracy theories and everything, you know. And and then if they just like blacked out, and then like after credits, it like did like the opening, the intro for like Turbo Kid, like oh. the land is a new oh. oh my god! <laughs> no, all they need to do is just show a tattered cover of the comic of Turbo <laughs> Kid. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I would yeah, have loved like floating by in the explosion. Yes, like a tattered cover of Turbo Kid. Yeah. Like, that ties it all together. Oh, better movie. Better movie, <laughs> right? Well, let's talk about like things that we actually liked. All right, what what do you got, Colin? I think that it's well acted. I, I would agree with like, that. The rich summer is great. The rich summer and is Chris, fantastic. Like, he like plays the unassuming like guy next door, and then when he actually is like sinister and dark, like he's terrible. He gives you yeah. chills. Like, like there's yeah. there's moments of like awesome horror in this movie. I mean, no joke. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, like when he comes to the door um, oh. after like. So after uh, Leader Kid has, you know, told his parents, like, he, he's been found out and, like, he told his parents, like, what he thinks and what's been happening, they, like, force him to go over and, like, apologize to um, the cop. What's his name? Sorry. I, I don't remember the name. Rich Summer. Mr. Mackey. Mr. Mackey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, they force him to go over and, like, apologize to Mr. Mackey and, uh, you know, tell him what's been going on and, like, why... And then, um, yeah, like the next day, he like shows up at his house, shows up at the kids' house, kids' house, and is like, "Oh yeah, like, oh, like you know, I'm sorry if you thought that this, this, and that." I'm and sorry like, that you got grounded because of this. I'm gonna work on getting you out of this house. Yeah, but like the moment is actually like really intense because like you still don't know as the audience. Like, I mean, you know because this movie is like really obvious and like, <laughs> yeah, what else but, is it like, gonna yeah, do? <laughs> But like you know, I you know you're not really supposed to know. Well, no, we're supposed to wonder if yeah. he's like still the killer. Or not. Yeah, and, and so you're just kind of like, this is. It actually felt really creepy, and that moment was one that was like a really intense moment where he comes in and he's like, well, actually, you know, if you call your nephew who you said you. How, who was in your house? Yeah, who, when, the, the nephew who was the picture on the wall, like yeah. the thing that sent our leader kid all through this whole investigation because he sees these pictures in Rich Summer's house of these kids who are like missing, or he sees a picture of a kid who looks like a kid that's missing. Yeah, he saw the kid at, at the place because they were yeah. playing manhunt. And yeah, like, he yeah, saw this kid manhunt. in Mr. Mackey's house, and then he later saw that same kid on a milk cart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, that was a. And then, like, when he goes into the, get the phone, and he's like, "If like you just stay here, I'll go get the phone from the kitchen." And then, like, there's like a moment where it's like he like steps in like two steps right, into the yeah. house, and he's just like, "Ooh, yeah, that was yeah. some good tension." Yeah, that, yeah, and yeah. Then he proceeds to call his own house. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. 
Um, yeah, uh, I felt I felt the same way. I felt like the acting was a home run. Like, I mean, the the fat kid, yeah, <laughs> great, the, great name. The fat kid is good. He's he's awesome. He's, he really he does an excellent job. Um, like the token girl, she's good. Token girl's great. Yeah, she's awesome. The main kid is pretty great. You know, yeah. I thought this movie could have gone in the direction where he ends up in the psych ward. You know, I could have legit seen that because he was convincing of how paranoid and crazy he was. Yeah. Because that kid is paranoid and crazy. He's also, what horrible police. It's the police in the Dude, and what horrible, horrible parents. Yeah. <laughs> well, even after they find out that, you know, Mr. Mackey is the killer, like, the police just, like, leave him unattended. They leave him alone <laughs> in the house, and so do the parents. Even though he's, like, yes! yeah, even though they he's, leave like, him alone in the house. Yeah, he's at large. Like, this, <laughs> this killer who is also a police officer is at large. And they know that this kid is a target because as they find out, like, all the pictures in his house are, like, his victims. Right. And leader kid is, like, the next victim and his picture is in the guy's house. And, and he's also a, a target because he exposed the yeah. guy. Yeah, right. And so they leave him alone. The police just leave him. And, of course, he gets kidnapped in chloroform and fat get, gets killed. And right. that was actually a sad moment. That was sad. I was, I was actually, I wasn't expecting I that. didn't see that coming. Yeah. No, it was, it was pretty intense. And I, I thought the whole ending of the movie was pretty intense. And I like the, the, like, ending of he's still out there. Yeah. Right. I like the ending. It was just, again, it felt like it take it took two years to get there. And if we'd actually have more of that, like, type of tension, more of that actual, uh, because throughout the movie, it's like they're doing that thing where, Everything is so obvious that you think it's gonna not be what it is. And yeah. so but then it actually just is. And so it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, I feel like we should either make it to where it's actually like we actually are unassuming of what's going to happen, or actually have it be like oh, this is actually just like a bit like uh mistaken identity thing, you know, where it's like, yeah, sure, he goes out running at 11 p.m., but, like, there's actually a legitimate reason why, you know, right. instead of, like, oh, no, he actually just is the killer, and, like, everything that he does is, like, being a serial killer, and still no one is in any way, like, suspic- suspicious of him, other than this, like, kid, and it's like, hey, like, adults, that's some really suspicious shit that's going on. Like, <laughs> he has a completely different car that he keeps in, like, a storage unit. Like, he, that he, he drives at night. Yeah. He's <laughs> large quantities of this chemical that's used to, like, dissolve bodies and, like, masks the scent of decom- decomposition. Yeah. And 100 like, pounds of dirt every day. I don't care what project you're working on. What the hell are you doing? Yes, yeah, like, <laughs> some adults should have been, like... No, that's actually suspicious. Kid. Yeah. Thank you for bringing this to our attention. Right, like, yeah. <laughs> and not to mention the freaking garden store being yeah. like, yo, what are you doing with all this dirt? Yeah, 100 you know? pounds of dirt every week. Yeah, mm. you're a cop. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, 100 pounds of dirt. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I again, I just, there was, again, plenty, that, plenty of directions that this movie could have gone other than just, like, the most obvious and most cliched one. Right. Until, like, the, again, like, the last, you know, 10, 15 minutes of the movie were like, oh, this is actually some tension. This is actually, like, doing something where, like, I would like to see more of this instead of, like, everything else that I've Right. Like, and, I mean, to the point that it, was, it felt like it was from a different movie. Yeah. And in, in, in that regard, like... This movie is of the caliber where it's almost like making fun of itself accidentally. 
<laughs> if you know what I mean. Like, it seems like the version of, like, what would be playing on the television of something that was made like this to ironically make fun of. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. Kind of. Like, the TV, <laughs> the TV movie version, but, like, as this movie. Like, this should be playing on the television set in Stranger Things as a thing that's, like, making fun of itself. Oh, yeah, I see what you You know saying. what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's how bad it is. Because there's no pop. There's no... There's not a joke in this movie. And yeah, it feels it's, like it's there just, should be. It's just the laziness. Right. It's just like, anytime they can make a choice, they make the laziest choice possible. And why it seems like this was made by canon, or like it was a Menachem Golan Saw Stranger <laughs> is it's like, it seems like they're trying to rush it out there. It right. seems like they're trying to make this as fast as possible. Like, make it as lazily as possible and as cheaply as possible so we can just get it done. Yeah. Like... And also, I mean, I'm not, like, a, an expert on the 80s, but it just felt like some of, like, the... Like, the way that they were talking felt, like, really recent. Like, the kids. It felt like really... It just felt like 2018 kids in, like, 1980s, like, right. costumes, like, right. talking. It didn't yeah. really feel like... With more cursing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, I it, think the cursing was meant to be an 80s thing. Yeah. Well, they used to make movies. Like, you know, Bad News Bears. And right, like, exactly. Stuff like that. Yeah. And all these 80s Sleepaway camp, yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I like that your go-to your reference is Sleepaway Camp. Oh man, there's so much kid cursing in that movie. <laughs> so much cursing. He shouldn't die, Billy. He shouldn't live, Bill. Um, <laughs> best line in it's a great. It's great. <laughs> it's, oh, it's just the best. Uh, can we talk about the scene where the um, the girl next door comes over? And it feels like a dreamscape. Yeah, but uh, it's not. It's not a place. Yeah, I thought it was. I was like, oh, he's gonna wake up, and like this movie's kind of kind of fun. Nope, this movie's not fun. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, why is she here? Why is she like now all of a sudden taking interest? Why is she not like completely creeped out that she just like saw all of them like creeping on her like the night before yeah she's, she's she, over now and she's interested now because she saw him peeping on her with the binoculars yeah. right and that's like a oh I'm into you now in a weird disgusting way that well no that, that's, that's how but, it works you, you creep on a woman until she likes you like, yeah yeah that's, for sure. oh, that, yeah, that's <laughs> what I've been doing I think, I think what it was all these little like kitty Kavanaugh's I'm just like <laughs> I think it was I, th- I think uh, what it was trying to do was that she was going away because her parents were getting a divorce. And she's they going were to college, isn't she? No, they're like in high school. She keeps talking about college, but she's only like six months older than him. And it's established that he's like 15. Because they like grew up together. Well, she babysat him. Oh, is that the deal? No, she's she's like older than him because she, she was his babysitter. But I mean, that could have been like, you know. But it, but like, it was like she's only a couple of years Yeah, it was like the right. John Mulaney thing. Yeah. Where it's like, <laughs> but, like a horse watch over like a chicken. I mean, yeah. Like, the horse watch your dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and so like, to me, like what I felt like the movie was kind of do poorly was that like, she's like, you know, like, I'm leaving soon. I did like this kid. You know, we did grow up together. We used to hang out. We don't anymore. You know, I'm gonna spend some time with him before I don't. Before I leave town, forever, right? Yeah, yeah. and I kind of get that, you know, but it was just poorly executed. But so poorly like, executed, and again, in just like the laziest way. Well, yeah, because it's like how she gets it, like, like how, like she's all of a sudden aware of this kid next door that she used to babysit or whatever, is because like he's literally creeping on her. Yeah, yeah. and then she comes over and is like, oh, remember this? And they're like, that's a later scene. But she comes over and, and it's like. What is she doing here? 
Right. Like, and, and it's never explained. It's yeah. never, like, dealt with. It's just like she's here, and then she leaves, and then she comes back. And then it, and every time it's just... And I don't think, like... Because uh, she's there, like, when they go into his base. She, she just appears. Yeah, she literally crawls through the window and is like, I'm not going to let you go away, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, pixie dream girl that just manifests perfectly timing. Like, uh, I can't stand that in movies where they're like, oh, we should have this other character here too. Well, how are we going to write her into that situation? I don't know. Just put her in it. Yeah. yeah she just shows up. Yeah, that's and, fine. And, and in that first scene when he's like, oh, I didn't see you naked or something, she goes, too bad because I've got a great body. Yeah, and right. Like, what the fuck is this? You know who talks like that? Nobody. Yeah. No one. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, it's. I wanted this movie to be better. I really and did. I kept thinking it would get better. Yeah, it was the part because like it's got these things where you're like, oh, maybe it's gonna get better. Like I like this shot, or I'm in. Tr- I like the actor, or I like this actor, or I like this thing, and it never does. It keeps like teasing you that it will get better. Yeah, I feel like we need to like find a movie that like splits us at some point. Like it's been a while. Like. Yeah, yeah. You had a good, like, uh, what was it? Uh, White Squall was a good one. Yeah. White Squall. <laughs> Inception. Uh, you didn't like a brother Rock, though. Yeah. yeah. I like Inception. He does not. Yeah. yeah. I don't like Inception. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need, we need to find another one where we're arguing with each other. But, like, but this is not that because we all recognize yeah, this movie is garbage. <laughs> we're all just like, no, dumb, bad, sorry. <laughs> not sorry. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just, again, just really would have loved this to be a good movie. I love Turbo Kid. This Turbo Kid's team, so good. Like, seem like they have, like, like a really good chemistry with each other. And it seems like, again, like, I have never made a movie. I cannot speak to the process in any way. I'm sure that it's, like, extremely difficult to just make a movie, period, to make a good movie even more so. And I just... I wish, I wish, I wish it could yeah. have been something more or, than I liked. Or even if, like, because Turbo Kid has that crazy over-the-top gore, like, if this movie was, like, a slasher, because, like, slasher movies were huge in the 80s. Yeah. Right. If this was, like, a slasher movie and it was just gory as hell and, like, bombastic and crazy, it would be so much fun. But it's not. Yeah. There's no originality in this movie. Yeah. Um... Cool. Yeah, that's all I gotta say about it. There's uh, yeah, no originality for this movie. It's got a 7.0 on IMDb and 86% Rotten Tomatoes and a 70% Audience Tomatoes. That's all way too all high. All of those are too high. That is all way, <laughs> way too high. You cut that in half. I mean, and I I feel like it is, it's... Because it is so formulaic, I can see, like... Just kind of getting that like nostalgia feel, like on yeah, the surface I, of it. I, I can see somebody being like, "I like Stranger Things," and this is similar to Stranger Things. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like it's uh, you just you just really can't think about it too much. Like you just you just gotta again. Maybe our expectations were just too high, and we, or yeah. not too high, but maybe our expectations were just high because we've. Again, we all really... They were justified. They were justified. Uh, this is... I feel this... This is how I feel about After Valerian, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's very similar to how I felt after Valerian, because it's like, oh, this this, this could be so good. Like, he brought right. us the fifth element, and like, yeah. he's got all right. this. Uh, uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the one other thing I wrote down is that um, 
an example of the laziness and the dumbness is that the nerdy kid is named Faraday. <laughs> like the scientist who experimented with electromagnetism, like the Faraday cage, you know? Like, right. Like, what is the name for a nerd? Uh, uh, Faraday. Faraday. <laughs> we tossed around like Tesla or like, you know. <laughs> too obvious, too obvious. Let's make another scientist. I bet his name was Doc in the script. For oh, I'm sure his name was Doc. And then they're like, oh, let's, let's do something. Yeah, that sounds too old. A little too on the nose. All right. All right. Well, um, I think that kind of wraps up our review of Summer of 84. Don't watch it. Yeah, don't watch that. Uh, I mean, do if you want. It is sure. Actually, I yeah. Mean, yeah, do what you want. If you can watch <laughs> yeah. it for free, sure. But don't watch this. When watch you, Turbo. Right. When you feel I like mean, fast forwarding or stopping, do that. Yeah. <laughs> you can. Yeah. But but do watch Turbo Kid. Do watch, watch Turbo, Turbo, Kid. Turbo Kid again. Right. All right. Well, um, we're going to take another break, and then when we get back, we're going to um, recommend all of the things at you. Um, Sorry, I just saw your shirt. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, never, haha, visual gag. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna keep that one secret. I'm not gonna yeah, we're not it. even gonna tell you yeah. guys what shirt I'm wearing. All right. Uh, so when we come back, we're gonna talk about recommendations and what movie we're gonna do next. Um, that that. Now we're back. Um. Oof, thanks for joining us. Um, sorry for the audible uh, change in plans for what movie we did this week. Uh, Summer of 84 was not planned. What was planned was Baron of Arizona. And man, oh man, were we excited to... Uh, I still want to watch that. We're so going to do it. We're going to do it. Um, but just uh, it got pulled off of Prime, I think. It got pulled off of Amazon entirely. Yeah, it got pulled off of Amazon. It. Yeah. So we got to track down a copy, probably maybe go to the library um, we'll come up with something, but um, that'll get. We'll get back to our regularly scheduled random assortment of movies. But, but in, in the meantime, November. Doing, yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're doing um, horror, uh, horror month of October. Um, yeah, horror thriller, thriller horror. We're doing this horror drama month of October. Um, horror romance. <laughs> sure. If we, if you have a horror genre, throw it at us. We'll do it. Um, what movies do you guys have planned for this month? Uh, a Tale of Two Sisters probably is going to be my recommendation. Ooh. It's going to be great horror so, pick. Yeah, yeah, Korean horror film. It's good. I like it. Um, I demand some Sam Raimi this month because that's just a warm place near my heart. Um, some Army of Darkness, you know, some Evil Dead too. So uh, probably touch on one of those or maybe just Drag Me to Hell, which is also a good one. Um, what you got, Colin? Uh, I'm torn between doing the original Halloween um, oh. or uh, doing a movie I haven't seen but I've had recommended to me, uh, The Witch. The from, Witch. Like, just a few years ago. Oh, yeah. Heard, but it's really, really good. That's A24, too. Oh, oh it's A24. Yeah. Then we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm going to pick The Witch. Right on. Um, so, what do you guys want to do next week? Um, should we do... Yours there, Craig? Sure. Yeah, we, I mean, we have some it. Korean horror. Let's do yeah, some Korean sure. horror. Um, cool. Yeah. So uh, we will we will do uh, that. A tale of two sisters. 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 Of two sisters. Um, but in the meanwhile, uh, we got some rickety wreck to the recommendations uh, for you to do <laughs> now. 
Uh, to watch, and, listen, read. Yeah, the smattering of things. Um, I'll kick us off. Um, I actually have a book to recommend. Um, I just started uh, Pillar to the Sky. It's a William R. Forshten, um sci-fi novel. Um, kind of current day. It came, came out in 2014. It reads very easily. It's a current day kind of... Um, you know, very realistic sci-fi about building a pillar to space, um, a la space wow. elevator. Yeah, it's a cool concept, um, and it's all about how we're destroying this planet and we need to get off of it and get creative to expand human race. Um, oh my god, did you hear the new shit? I don't want to talk about it. Oh my god, <laughs> don't want to talk about it. Um, so yeah, I know. As <laughs> <laughs> I laugh, because that's. Yeah, our future is fucked. Yeah, you know, we're living in a time where we're experiencing a hurricane. We live in Colorado, if you didn't notice. Um, and we're going to experience a hurricane from the Pacific? That's going to be interesting. Yeah, normal times, people. Um, so that's what I recommend. Um, Pillar to the Sky. William R. Forschen. All right, what you got? Uh, I would recommend some escape and reprieve from this horror of reality with The Good Place. The new season just aired this week. Uh, I think it'll probably be, oh yeah, we'll be airing on, we'll be posting this on Monday, so that would have been like this past Thursday. Um, and it's off to a great start because The Good Place is amazing and I love it so much. <laughs> um, I have also got, uh, will also recommend uh, Saga Volume 9, which I just picked up, uh, but have not started because I don't know if I'm ready to have all of those feels yet, but I'll probably do that tonight or tomorrow. Um, and I have some shout outs this week for some folks who have been awesome and those people are uh, Ryan Terry who is R-L Terry 1 and that's T-E-R-R-Y on Twitter uh, who recommends our podcast he says listen to a great conversation with the guys at IWYTWT about our actual selves versus who we portray on social media which plays into the themes of Ingrid Goes West that was our previous episode um, and I will also shout out Amanda Iman. Iman, I am so sorry if I am pronouncing that correct incorrectly. Hey man, we're here to butcher names. <laughs> I've said this before. Uh, she is at Amanda Ailey's. That's M A N D A A I L E Y. And she is a host uh, or the host for Amanda's picture show, A Go Go. Um, and she is awesome and. Um, is like constantly like reposting like our like you know previous episodes under her page and um, I've had some you know nice interactions with her online and I've listened to her podcast which is also really fun and cool and very informative um, she's awesome and thank you so much for being awesome um, some uh, one other podcast who's also been really awesome about engaging with us online is Movie Geek and Proud let me make sure I get their at correct because I want to shout them out correctly. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good thing. <laughs> MGNP podcast on Twitter. And they are, yeah, pretty awesome. They are, uh, yeah, LGBTQ+. They are uh, very, very fun on the movies that they are, uh, and they're doing like another, they're also doing uh, horror movies over the month of October, 
And yeah, thank you guys for engaging with us, and thank you guys for being you and being awesome. So take care. Yeah, wow, thanks everybody. That's awesome. Yeah. that's awesome. That's great. I love yeah. uh, I love all of you. You guys, you're the best. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what you got, Colin? Uh, I have a big old recommendation. I'm going to recommend um, Bubble. It's a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. You can get it anywhere where you listen to podcasts. But it is a uh, scripted sci-fi comedy show um, about monster hunters, basically. Ooh. And the best thing about it is it has everyone. Like, everyone that you love is in this. Like, <laughs> Tawny Newsom has done several episodes. Oh, John cool. Hodgman, um, all three McElroy brothers, Paul F. Tompkins... Janet Varney, Eliza Skinner, like everyone is on Bubble. Damn. And it's awesome. They're like half hour episodes. Ooh. There's only like eight of them. You're... So I've like pitched my way through this first season I like, bet. in the last like, couple days, but it is fantastic. So, so listen to Bubble. I am. I, this is right up my alley, Colin. <laughs> well, you, you especially love uh, the second episode where um, they're fighting a monster that like turns, like is a hive mind thing that takes over a lady's book club. Oh my god. <laughs> it's like, you will join with book club. You will eat, pray, and love with us. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Um, yeah, it's pretty great. Cool. Well, um, that wraps up our recommendations. Um, one last thing I want to say before I do all of our social meds thing is that I just want to do a little personal shout out to my two co-hosts, uh, Colin and Craig. Colin um, just uh, is just a bottomless knowledge of everything movie. I mean, seriously, like you can just approach him randomly, and I mean, I, I've just been pointing my fingers at him, and he's just like Rich Summer, and like just like <laughs> names people. I, he doesn't even have things pulled up, and so like I mean, just that alone um, is just an amazing resource for this podcast. Truly, could not have done this without Colin. Um, sitting down with me and with a cell phone just recording our thoughts on um, uh, Inside Lewin Davis those several years ago. So thank you so much, Colin. Oh, thank you. Um, and to Craig, um, man, this podcast would not be this podcast without Catharticus. Um, Craig brings just a level of insight to every single episode that is just unrivaled and just found nowhere else. Um, I don't think... Um, I want you to watch this would have the same level of uniqueness and would be I want you to watch this without Craig. Um, so I can't thank Craig enough for <laughs> all of the you know powerhouse social media stuff that he does and um, just his level of insight and movie knowledge and media knowledge. Um, I couldn't have done it without him. And so I thank Craig personally um, so much. Thank you, man. And we thank Dennis. We couldn't do this without him, without him, like... Hosting without him, editing without him, doing all of the work that goes into this. <laughs> like, we just have to sit down and talk into a microphone that actually does shit. Yeah, um, still working out some bugs. Um, but yeah, no, um, thank you for joining me on this crazy, awesome uh, project that just is great. Yeah, oh, and we also have to thank Sven for being his sexy Sven. self. Hey, Sven. Keeping this all Sven. together. <laughs> show yeah um, thank you uh, we, we we never thought we'd be able to replace Sam and we we haven't replaced him but we're just thankful that you're here while he's gone so yeah thank you Sam <laughs> quit hitting on him what? Uh, <laughs> Craig, uh, office stop romance is never go anywhere uh, tell that to Jim and Pam <laughs> 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 All right, uh, you can find us on the Twitter at IWYTWT, and hey, you can tweet at us individually. I am at the D Bucks. 
I'm at Catharticus. I'm at Kalimach. Um, we have a Facebook group page, Facebook groups, um, IWITWT. I'm sure you can figure it out with those three kind of descriptions. Um, we host all of our episodes on SoundCloud.com forward slash IWITWT. It's where you can SoundCloud. find SoundCloud. Thank you, SoundCloud. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, yeah um, thanks for hosting us uh, you can find all of our episodes whenever wherever you pod catch a catching a pod with your podcatcher app um, me speak word uh, if you have a, a write and review button a rate, rate and review button <laughs> rather um, on that podcatcher for us please hit it rate us review us it's the best way to grow our little do it yourself project that we started those many moons ago um, thanks as always for listening and please join us next week while we continue our month of horror um, with um, oh my god I already forgot it a tale of two sisters that one <laughs> right on thanks bye